Hey Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. On this week's show, I'm going to be joined by Peter Share, where we discuss branding and the visual response. But before we get into that, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's episode, The Perfect Match, which is a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe Stock Assets. And if your mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers where the winner will go home with $1,000. It's totally free to enter the perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So to learn more about that and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So this week's guest got in touch with me earlier this year and was kind enough to offer to send a copy of his new book on branding. And I obviously agreed right away, uh, but it was right in the middle of moving, packing, getting ready to relocate. So sadly, that book, as excited as I was about it, it basically ended up being put in one of the many boxes I had. And uh, yeah, I forgot about it for a while. I'm really sorry, Peter. Anyway, I settled into my new home and obviously I looked on my bookshelf and I spotted the book again and I remembered, oh, it's a new book that I haven't read yet. Exciting stuff, right? And this book was Branding and the Visual Response, written by today's guest, Peter Scher. And I had a flick through the book and I thought, I need to get this guy on the podcast because this book is fantastic. So Peter Scher is a Hungarian brand strategist and the founder of the branding agency Swerve. On top of this, he runs brandguide.me. And now, as already mentioned, he's the author of a new book on branding called Branding and the Visual Response. And if you want to go and check out that book, head to book.brandguide.me. Anyway, let's get into this. Here is the interview with Peter Scher. So Peter, you've written the book Branding and the Visual Response and you kindly uh, sent me a copy, which is fantastic. So I hope today in this conversation we can talk through some of the topics of that book. Uh, But I think before we jump into that, do you want to do a bit of an introduction for yourself and uh, maybe provide a a little bit of an overview of the book and and then we can go from there? Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me here on your show. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. I'm uh, thankful for you agreeing to do this. Um, okay. So I'm Peter Scher. I'm a, a brand strategist and uh, I'm running a studio called Swerve 
um, Budapest-based here in, in Hungary. Me and my team of seven designers, we are um, actually focusing on branding for um, startups and uh, small and medium companies. And um, I started this business like 20 years before, and um, I collected a lot of uh, experiences. And I've also um, been lecturing on different uh, Hungarian uh, universities as well. So I had quite a large expertise in this field. And I've, I've thought if I would like to, no, I, I have to jump back. And uh, I stopped uh, doing lecturing for these different uh, universities and I started to build my own uh, brand on, on education. And this is the Brand Guide brand. And uh, it uh, it was a logical step if I want to build an, a brand on on branding that I, I, I could write a book about uh, on, on that topic. So so this is the the initial part of of the of the book. Yeah, I, I think um I've I've noticed that a lot of graphic designers that growing up I, I really admired, they all have a book. And I, I think in terms of like establishing reputation and becoming really known for something, it makes a lot of sense to uh, write a book and and what you put together. I haven't read it back to back. I'll be an, entirely transparent, but I've gone through enough of it to know that it's very comprehensive. I, I'm impressed. It's, it's a very good book. So I, I'm looking forward to going through uh, some of the uh, topics. So obviously we can't go through everything because there's a lot to cover, uh, but let's see what we can go through in like the 50 minutes or so we have and uh, we go from there. So I'd like to start by talking about the steps of the branding process, which is uh, one of the first parts of the book. So do you want to talk through what those steps are? Um, just to reflect on what you uh, mentioned before, that I, I, I agree that uh, if, you, if you'd like to build a, an expert brand, then, then probably you, you cannot avoid to, to write a book. Because uh, mm-hmm. uh, I saw on your website you are also like books. And, uh, I love books. <laughs> yeah. I have such a collection. Yeah, <laughs> me, me also. I'm also collecting books like, uh, like crazy and also... <laughs> <laughs> I think every graphic designer does. I don't know any graphic designer that doesn't at least collect them. They might not necessarily read <laughs> yeah, them, that's but the they other definitely point. like collecting them. <laughs> that's the other point that um, most of them, I, I read most of them and, uh, yeah, and, and I learned a lot of them because... Uh, here in Hungary, it's a small country. We are 10 million of people. So this kind of books on branding or graphic design are really rare in, in Hungarian language. And actually, uh, that's why we need to buy books from Western Europe, from the United States. These are all, of course, in English language. And to be honest, the Hungarian population is not... not uh, famous of, of their English uh, knowledge. And uh, this was also a point where I thought that uh, I, I should probably try to write a book on branding because there is uh, not so much uh, Hungarian literature on this topic. And um, this was, I guess, a good <laughs> good decision because I the first time did 500 pieces in, on the printers and... Uh, 
and I sold them in two weeks. And that, that, was, wow. uh, that, that was the point that, oh, this is something uh, which, which is probably useful for others as well. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably. So I was a little bit angry that I, I was uh, thinking whether to print 500 or, uh, or, or 1,000 at the first time, but I was more thinking, okay, 500 is enough. And also this was the point when I thought that if, if this is something useful for, for designers, uh, maybe I should uh, translate it in English and then try to sell it uh, outside of Hungary. And there are we at the moment. And also it's important to say that the German translation is also underway. So a German version will be also available for the Austrian and for the German designers. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure listeners in those parts of the world uh, will really appreciate that because I know that I have um, an, an international audience listening. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think anyone that's into branding that doesn't necessarily want the English version, they, they want the Hungarian <laughs> version or the German version, they're available. So that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, so yeah, congratulations Thank for you. putting it together and uh, you know having the balls to get it all translated. And congratulations on your immediate success. You know, selling five hundred within two weeks is good, and and I'm sure that since then you've been selling more and more. And uh, our curiosity: Have you been getting clients from this? Because reading through it, it does feel like you've tailored this book more towards the. Uh, I guess, clients rather than graphic designers? Yeah, of course, because um, my um, studio, the 12, it's called 12, and this uh, expert brand, the brand guide, goes uh, hand in hand because uh, I, I collected all the expertise in in, uh, in 12 and then I'm lecturing or I also giving back to the community in, in brand guide. And um the people are getting in contact uh, with brand guide and these are clients these are graphic designers so of course uh, i got in contact with a lot of people who who were inviting me to their company to just give them lecture or they have a project in mind where i could help as an expert or even we could uh, bring it into the studio that uh, we, we are making their branding from from strategy till till the mobile application design. So of course this is this is good for both the studio and for the um, expert brand as well, the brand guide. Yeah, exactly. And I would say you know it's it's useful. The the content that you're written is basically a training material uh, that that would be useful for anyone that's into or brand branding or wants to get into branding so yeah it's all good okay cool so i I wrote down some notes but uh should we talk through the steps of your branding process of course um i i think i i did not uh, invent anything new um actually what i what i think is that uh I heard your discussion with uh, Melinda Lipsy as well, and and I totally agree most of the things you you've been discussing. That uh, there is uh, everybody starts as a graphic designer, and then there is a point when you see that this is this isn't enough because uh, if you w- would like to give more value to your clients, then you need to go into strategy and you need to find out more about your client. So this was the case at, at my uh, 
business as well that we we didn't quite uh, good looking uh, identities and logos and and there there was a point where we thought that we need more and that was the point where i uh, started to collect those books and find uh, your uh, podcast as well and uh, of course the future guys and and a lot of uh, uh, sources are are ready now on the on the internet and we started to learn these branding uh, processes and also we not just learned it, we, we started to use it and got a, quite a good um, experiences. And uh, we changed a lot of things and, and make, made it as, as, a, as our own framework or how mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I just want to interrupt. Sorry. Um, I think that's one of the important things with the branding process and actually why it's so useful having a podcast like this. Because something I've learned is that everybody works in a slightly different way that like there's similarities but it's so useful to hear how other people work to see how they approach things and then what you can do is you can take that and apply it to your own process and see if it works for you because everybody works in a slightly different way and uh you know you can pick up tips and tricks from everybody and it's it's why i i have so many books you know you can have 20 books on branding or graphic design but you're always going to learn something new from uh from them in some way yeah i totally agree and i would like to add that even every project is different so mm-hmm. you cannot say that i have this framework and i i'm using it for all of the projects because um i believe if we are designers we are problem solvers so in every every project we face a different problem to solve that's why uh, it's good to have a, a wide tool set a framework and then you can pick for that project what what is needed and what is really useful for your client because every every project we start there is a little bit of uh, um, we don't know how the outcome outcome will be but we have the tool sets we have the we have our framework and then we start to work together with the client we get all the information we need we we have to be a little bit expert of every industry we we face in this project so we have to understand how how the market works how the target audience is um how how to reach them and that's why if you have this tool set then then you probably will you will reach some kind of goal which is which is good for the client, but at starting at the project, you you don't don't see what the what the end result will be, and this is something really cool at this uh, at this um, profession, I think. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's why it's so important that you uh, mentioned about strategy because I know when you start out as a graphic designer it's very easy just to take the company name and know like what what product or service they do and then put some ideas together. And um, I mean, that's okay that, you know, you're going to get by as a logo designer taking this approach. But if you actually want to solve the client's problem and actually create something that's going to be successful for them then you need this process at the beginning like you described where you're going through the target audience positioning 
and, and so on so that you understand exactly what you're dealing with and if you don't do this then you're just basically creating a pretty picture but if you're able to understand this and apply it to your graphic design work your branding work your logo design work then you're going to have a better product and therefore you can charge more money <laughs> yeah of course you give more value i, I always say. yeah exactly and then you can take more money as well exactly um i want to ask you uh something i th- that was really cool in your book that i haven't seen in any other book is something that you described as the brand spiral and it's this really cool spiral image. Can you talk um, a little bit about that? Because I don't think I've seen that anywhere else. Yeah. Um, there's a funny story that um, usually when I take shower, I get the most creative ideas. I don't know why it happens, <laughs> but maybe the water and my, on my skin. It, it, uh, and one day I was, uh, I was taking a shower in the evening and, uh, and it, I was thinking about... Uh, how to visualize the branding process because we saw that there are the brand pyramid the brand onion there are different ways to to visualize the the brand and the brand assets and um, but i was thinking that the branding should be something more organic so i was thinking uh, maybe the aspiro which is a part of the nature or a main part of the nature. You can find spirals in most of the vegetables and flowers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to draw after the shower, of course, <laughs> started to draw a, a spiral in Illustrator and started to put there the different brand assets and brand uh, um, um, stuff there. And, uh, I also believe that brands can only work if they have a two per, true purpose because the, the purpose is, is the starting point of everything. If, if you have your mission, if you know where, why you are doing what you are doing, if you think about Simon Sinek's uh, uh, stuff as well, I, I put the purpose in the, in the starting point and started to draw this spiral and, um, as it came out, it, it worked uh, quite good and it's also spectacular. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> people are people do like it. I also uh, show them in different lectures and uh, and it, it got a good feedback. So that's why I put it to the book as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a cool way to visualize it because when it comes around the process and it's, it's I, I guess it's similar to what Simon Sinek did with the start with the why but you are like uh, starting with certain words in the middle and obviously it goes out to the um, identity stuff but you can't you can't have the outer spiral without doing the inner spiral first so it's, it's a nice way of visualizing it and seeing the process okay so in terms of the process I wrote down some bullet points from your book so target audience positioning we've already spoke about that so um yeah do you want want to talk a little bit about positioning uh because i I don't think i've spoke too much about that on the podcast and it'd be useful to get some insights on uh how you are positioning your clients within the market that's a good question it depends it depends (laughs) is the answer Um, (laughs) okay um our process was uh, um based on the brand sprint which was uh, developed by the google ventures earlier and uh, we started to work on that framework and uh, 
as part of this this framework is also that you you get to know your target audience, you get to know your market as well, um, which players are on the market. And if you are good and the market is that way, you can somehow visualize it as well on, on different axes. Like uh, um, this, is, this is one point uh, we should uh, consider. The other thing is that um, in most of the cases, there are products which, which are new to the market. As I mentioned, we, we are working quite a lot with startups and these startups do have... Uh, digital products and these products are most of the time um, I wouldn't say disrupting products but new products which are not easy to understand for the target audience and for example in positioning it's really important to have a clear message and a clear uh, positioning which for example helps to build a new categories this is also something David Aker is also uh, uh, teaching that it's easier to put into people's mind that this is something new. This is uh, nothing you can compare to the previous one. So this is also a, a tool which is used often by us. But uh, as I mentioned, every every project is different. Uh, what is really important to know the market, to understand the uh, other players of the market, what do they do, why do they do that? And then to decide whether we want to compete with them in this field or or to make another field for ourselves. This is something which works quite a lot, of, quite often, in positioning. Yeah, yeah, and and just so that the audience can imagine it, if you can imagine putting a cross on a piece of paper, and you say um, some something that you might look at is maybe quality. So like low quality versus yeah. high quality and maybe uh, cheap versus expensive. And, and you have this on an axis with one of those like cheap on one end and expensive on the other. What you can do is you can take all of the competitors in the market and plot them. You, you should be able to see areas that are maybe empty. And if they're empty, what you're able to do is basically show your client that there's a unique opportunity to basically position yourself there. And then what you can do is you can take that knowledge and apply it to your work. And I, I know, th I mean, th this is, a, it's a logo design podcast, but branding falls into yeah. it. But you can take that knowledge and basically make your product look like high quality on a budget. <laughs> you know, the, 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 there's visual ways of, of doing that through graphic design, through packaging, through marketing, all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's not uh, like a, a, a logo is one piece of this, but it, once you understand that, then this knowledge can be applied to everything that the company does. So getting the positioning or understanding the positioning and, and finding a, uh, a space that's, that's available is uh, incredibly valuable and this is one of the reasons why doing this pre upfront strategy work with your client is so valuable to clients because you're basically making their life easier <laughs> yeah to be to be honest most of the times after the workshop or clients say oh my gosh we should have done this years before because you know they are in business they are doing their daily tasks and jobs and and never stop to think about target audience they never stop to think about competition they never stop or 
I, I say never. Of course, they made thoughts, but not so structured way that we sit down and uh, we, we take every aspect in account. And then uh, usually the situation is much more complex that you can say that cheap and quality and you can put there uh, your sign or cross. But but the mm-hmm. the idea and the model behind it is it's that what you, you mentioned. And uh, of course, if you are uh, positioning a, a company or a service, then you need to find all the possible axes and and you have to find all the possible uh, positions in in that way because not only cheap and and quality maybe there is also yeah i mean that, that's a basic yeah, yeah. example but you could use different words or, or like like there's endless or different ways three dimensional, dimensional axes uh, can work so a three dimension how does a three dimensional axis work how how would you physically produce that um physically you can broke it down to two two dimensional or three two dimensional right. but uh uh, I cannot give you now an example, but there are... Uh, it's hard because we're working with audio as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but if you bring in a third adjective or a third uh, pairings of adjectives, then these two-dimensional plot will change into three. So I don't know if, if that's an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, are there 3D examples in your book? Uh, no. Actually, no. Um, people are asking me whether I'm afraid that people will use that knowledge and that framework what is written in the book. And um, I always answer that uh, this is a good starting point. But mm-hmm. when I wrote, wrote the book, from that point, uh, that, that that's only a snapshot of, of my knowledge. And, and yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fairly, what is it like? One and a half cent, like it's quite a, a reasonable size book. How many pages? 160. Yeah, 160 pages. And yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's endless different approaches to branding. So creating an introduction, uh, creating a starting point makes total sense. So um, I think if anyone wanted to look into the uh 3d approach <laughs> I, I guess google it <laughs> i think what i'll do is I'll, I'll i'll put some links in the show notes because i think this is the type of thing that's very visual and it's hard to uh picture without actually seeing it so i'll put some links in the show notes and um yeah people can go down that rabbit hole of discovering <laughs> for themselves what these things are <laughs> what i wanted to add to this that uh we we are learning project by project day by day so this 3d version is uh this came up after i wrote the book so that's why it mm-hmm. doesn't contain this one so that, yeah it's why i'm like it's why i was interested so yeah, <laughs> for sure um, you can probably do a whole book on uh positioning and uh have the different uh approaches that you can take different things that you can look at and and show the 2d and the 3d stuff i think yeah i also cool. have a plan to to have a full case study with uh, with really detailed uh, information on on the tools and uh, communication with the client so so a whole case study which which helps to if you are a starter then then it could help to to start 
with with the yeah branding. yeah i i think i think it's really important to be able to see how you can approach these techniques and it's something that marty niemeyer did he's got his books uh on uh branding and strategy and you know they're fantastic they're useful they're brilliant you can learn so much from them but then uh there comes a time when you need to apply it and and know how you actually use these things know how you use the objections and he brought out this story called scramble and scramble is um it's a story (laughs) written from the perspective of somebody that's basically doing branding and and using strategy and it's got all these different personas from the person that thinks oh this is just a waste of money why do i need to spend time doing this to to, you know to the person that's really into it and so on so it's uh i i I think you're right to uh look to do something like that because it's good for people not just to understand the step by step but actually how to do it you know because can you learn to swim from a book not really. <laughs> you, you have to go out there and actually start to use what you're learning to uh, really understand it and, and make it uh, yourself. Yeah, but actually, I think the, this book also helps to find a good starting point. And, uh, mm-hmm. and if you, at that point where we realized at that 12 that we need something more, I would have this book on my, uh, on my desk. It would... It, it helped me a lot to to not to go into that learning curves we had to do at that point. So I think this 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 uh, from this aspect, it's also really useful. The book. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so um, I was going through the steps. So target audience positioning, and we covered that briefly. Uh, there's a part where you're talking about self analysis. What what is that step? Self analysis. It's really. Um, something i i mentioned before that uh you you have to be uh clear um, about yourself and uh you have to find out all the uh information what is um, lost during the uh day by day um I'm speaking now from a client's perspective but mm-hmm. uh, they need to understand their uh their services they um, also, the what we already mentioned, the target audiences, their values, their why they are doing what they are doing, uh, and also this is something uh, which is which is which where we help uh, clients to to find these answers. So this is an analysis yeah. we are doing together. So it's basically understanding. So you know, in terms of like learning the target audience, that's you know, doing research, looking at the positioning is understanding. And I guess the self-analysis is really understanding who the company is, what they do, what they believe, what their why is, all this sort of stuff. Am, am I right? Yeah, we, we are asking questions all the way. We are asking a lot of yeah. questions. We are asking questions till that point we understand everything. And uh, then we can start thinking about how how we can solve the the problems yeah yeah now we can go into the stuff that graphic designers are excited about the like you call it the the development of communication and the next step after that is creating the brand book and i think this is the uh you know the the sort of thing that most people listening will hopefully understand in, in detail how you're taking all of the strategy work all of the understanding all of the uh, positioning and, and analysis and target audience and stuff and taking all that information and applying it visually 
so yeah so the next section in your book you, you have um a part called the visual response which is obviously uh taking everything that you understood and and now turning that into uh visuals and there's a couple of core things that you you speak about in the book and there's this one page where it has two pictures and you, you speak about <laughs> how sa- shapes have a sound which i thought was kind of cool to see how you have um well i'll, I'll let you talk <laughs> about it because you you speak about how shapes have sound do you want, do you want to tell us more about that because i found that really interesting yeah 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 Be- before i do that i i would like to give a an overview be- sure, because sure. Uh, the the title of the book is branding and the visual response and and i i found important to have the visual response in the title as well because during our work at, at 12 as well we at that time we did the strategy we were proud that oh we know what to do and we found out a couple of times that the design what we did at the end was not resonating with the with the uh, briefing what we've been working uh, beforehand and uh, that was the time i was uh, starting to look at uh, tools how we can convey different uh, messages with different visual uh, elements or visual tools Mm -hmm. and in the book i also uh, break it uh, down into forms colors typography and uh, the one you are pointing on is the bubwa kiki uh, experiment wolfgang Köhler showed two images to different people and the one image is more curvy and more uh fine and the other is more edgy and uh 90% 90% of the people, uh, t- and uh, the question was whether which shape is Buba and which shape is Kiki. And people, 90% of the people um, said the edgy one is the Kiki and the rounded one is the Buba. And, um, yeah. and there is no uh, exact answer why people are answering this, but it has a lot of aspects like how you form the uh, voice how how you see the elements and of course an edgy one is more related to a kiki which is a if you say it's yeah, much, yeah. much more um, i think i think it's in the sounds like the yeah, ka, yeah. the the the, the, the uh, kiki the it's it's very sharp and blunt and you would expect if if that uh sound was going to be converted into a shape it would be like yeah. <laughs> It would be very straight, but the bah, the bah, you know, it's like, ah, yeah. ah you know, it, it sounds like it should be rounded and, uh, and so yeah. on. Okay. So understanding this, so, so in it, being able to convert a sound into a shape, would you apply that in like, say, say if you had a company called Kiki or something like that, um, would you actually make the shapes of the logo like sharp and angular because of that? Uh, <laughs> you have to know what what you want to convey or what what the goal is. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was ex- I was expecting you to answer something <laughs> like that, but yeah, it's one of those things that you can use if you feel it appropriate. Yeah, to, if basically. you if you want to be edgy and if you want to be sharp, then of course. But uh, this is this is the great in our profession that. Uh, if you know your tools, then you can reach the, the goal of what you would like to uh, visually convey. So um, mm-hmm. I, 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 this is the favorite part of, of the book because <laughs> my favorite part of the book, because 
I think this is uh, this is something. This is the magic in in graphic design. That if you understand the brief, uh, who the target audience is, what is our message we want to say, uh, how we want to say, and we can bring in the the colors, the forms, the typography, and the imagery, and and to make it. Uh, not, it's not the logo who will tell the the whole story or or convey the whole message. But if you think as a as a complex system uh, about this, then um, it's 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 important to to think about these little little uh, elements because clients normally say, "Oh, you can choose whatever color you want. It doesn't matter. We will sell this stuff anyway." But this isn't true because these small little Tiny titles bring a, a whole picture together, and and this is uh, this is something uh, they the client should also understand. I interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode, The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big. As designers, we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day, every day. But how well does our design work communicate? Do clients and higher-ups really understand the work that we are putting in front of them? Well, let's find out. Test your skills by assembling a brand-inspired mood board using Adobe Stock Images. And if your mood board design is chosen... You will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other designers, art directors and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's free to participate in the perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. So it's a real win-win. To take part or to learn more, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So let's get back to the interview. Something that I found useful in your book is the, I, I can't remember exactly who the study was by, but there's part where you're looking at certain shapes. And so basically taking the basic forms like circle, triangle, square, and all these different shapes and charting it in, in terms of like how people respond to them. I, I find that really interesting. And, uh, you know, I, I have books on color and stuff like this, but I, I think having this understanding, even if from like a basic perspective, is actually really useful because uh, when it comes around to creating the whole identity and or be, be that the the logo or, or the broader identity, you can you can take these um, this understanding on visual elements and interpret the brief and I actually really like the title of your book now I understand it the branding and the visual response basically you are doing the the branding which uh I I find it interesting because there's a lot of graphic designers out there that say branding but actually most graphic designers do identity design they don't do branding because branding uh when you do branding it's it's much broader than just an identity it affects every element of the company including things like writing uh tone of voice uh photography um uh 
video presenting, you know, everything it affects every single aspect of, of the business, including the the product and, and how you communicate with people and, and all that sort of stuff. So I, I find it interesting that you call it the, the visual response, because what we are doing is basically taking the brand and then finding the the response to that visually. Yeah which is really interesting. Yeah, that's why I said this is my favorite part because I was searching yeah. <laughs> for that thing on the internet for books and, and I did not find uh, literature on that part. And that, that was the uh, idea, okay, let's research it and let's find all the aspects I can, I can collect. And, and, and uh, we actually also we used it in, in our everyday life because when you are presenting a, a design to the client, the client will ask, why did you use a circle? Why did you use the yellow color? And if you can give a, a, a good answer, like based on research that a circle is, is well balanced and uh, um, stuff like that, then okay, I understand you are the, you are the professional. I agree with you. That this is really important to be able to build a relationship with your client like that. Yeah, yeah. I I I found that to be uh one of the most important things cuz I've I've been a graphic designer now 15 plus years. It's been a long time. And I remember when I started out, you basically try and make something look nice. I was quite shy at, at the beginning and uh I'd do something nice. I'd think it was great. I'd show it to uh I mean it wasn't a client at that time, but like my manager and they would have changes, feedback, all this sort of stuff. And and I had that same scenario for a number of years when I was starting out that you'd and it, it just felt like part of the job that you'd you design something and then the client, you know, be that your manager or your actual client, would come back with changes. And it was kind of expected. But then the 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 moment I was able to explain everything that I did, the reason why it was the way it was done. Uh, then there was no changes <laughs> because what you're doing is is basically stating a fact. It's like okay, so uh, one of our goals is to target this particular audience, and how we've been able to achieve that is by doing X, Y, and Z. Uh, we want to come across as looking in a certain way, you know, which which we discovered during the. Uh, you know the the self analysis. We we wanted to look into this. This is our response to that. It, like you're you're basically taking, uh, you're you're stating facts, and and nobody would change it because they can see that you've thought about it and applied it. And that is one of the main differences between that I, I found anyway between fairly new graphic designers that are just starting out to to people that get things done, get things signed off, get things approved by clients. It, it really is just about having the confidence to explicitly state uh, why you've done it the way that you have. So I, I think that's yeah, good. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah? And also adding another point is that uh, we usually use uh, this framework in a workshop format where we are working together with the client uh, on a weekly basis. And uh, these workshops last like uh, one to two months. And uh, during this time, we, we are, uh, as we are working together, the point when we are uh, presenting something at the end is, is getting more or, or less uh, important because 
if we present there something which is which makes the client surprised, then we did something wrong in the previous uh, two months. So I want to point on that uh, if we are working together, uh, we are sharing the same thoughts. We are sharing. Uh, they, they they know what 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 will come at the presentation because. Uh, we know everything if if we are if we are working good and 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 we find every um, aspect uh, we find out every aspect and build on a, a good strategy and on the strategy we build a good visual language then uh, these presentations are not that presentations where you show your client and you are afraid oh, oh will he like or not it's 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 uh, itself self-explanatory or hard to say yeah because... yeah I, 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 it's like you are you're, you're able to understand and then convert that into like a specific solution for that and that solution should be the expected result and uh, i mean going going through your book you've got another section called the the visual branding process and I guess this is this is what most of the audience would be familiar with. How you have a brief at the beginning, and that brief would obviously come from the um, the strategy and the, and the understanding that you've you've done, and we we spoke about that already. Um, but I like how you are. Uh, one of the first steps is concepts slash drafts, and uh, you've got some examples in your book. And I think the best way to explain it to the audience is mood boards or stylescapes. And it seems like that's how you are presenting the uh, the identity. You know, it's, it's it's not like you're going out and doing everything. You are doing these really nice. Um, is that the best way to describe it? You are presenting yeah. stylescapes, basically, and uh, agreeing that, and then you're able to take that after it's been agreed, and then apply that to everything, to all of the identity uh, based on what's been agreed. Yeah, because uh, the mood board is a tool where we can share the same visual language with the with our client. Because if you say minimal, you have something in a picture in mind and your client also has another uh, uh, picture in mind. But if you show a picture... I say this is minimal, then this can start a discussion. Oh, no, this is not minimal. I will show you another one or or even no, they won't show anything. But to, it's really important to have a discussion about visual stuff that way that you see images. And this is the uh, part where we, where we find the... Uh, common visual language with the client because we, we believe that... Uh, of course, target audience is the most important that it should uh, resonate with them. But also the client should own his or her um, identity uh, because he, he will see it day by day. If he enters the office, the logo will be on the wall. And, and uh, we did not do our work well if uh, he, he thinks every day, why blue, why is it blue, why is it blue? So this is the... This is the place where we can get uh, information about, uh, for example, blue is not the, the most favorite color of the client. And during the design process, we have points of decision where we can decide uh, to go the blue way or the purple way. And if we know the information that our clients is not uh, uh, 
loving the blue color, then we try the purple way because uh, it works with the target audience and the market fit as well. So that's why it's important to have this visual alignment with the client. Yeah. And, the- and I think I think it's good that you said that actually because um in theory it doesn't matter at all what the client thinks of what you've done i, I mean if, if in you, theory yes. yeah in theory you know if if you are creating something that's differentiated from the competition and and it attracts the right audience then in theory it doesn't matter what the client thinks but but it it does because like you said they are the one that needs to live with it so if for whatever reason uh some specific color reminds them of like a grandma's old wallpaper or something like this, you know, something that triggers something in a memory or something like that, then they are never going to like it. And, and, and I, I know that that's a personal preference and that personal preference doesn't matter. But if you are aware of that, just find another solution that's appropriate. Yeah. And then that way it fulfills the goal and the client likes it too. So I, I think that's a good you know, you, you make these compromises and I think that's that's good that you pull that up. Yeah, and I, I mentioned color because most of the cases, colors are the, the topics which are really uh, uh, hot because uh, as I ex- um, experience, the clients have uh, the more uh, connection with colors. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's why it's it's important to align on that topic yeah. as well but if, if you show them typography they won't find that much difference between a typeface and b typeface because it's it's then a more more professional topic but uh, color is is more emotional yeah as i wrote in the book the uh, colors evoke emotions of yeah. course so that's true here as well. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things like um, I always find with color, there's a lot of guides online that will give you the meaning yeah. of a color. But at the end of the day, you interpret it how you interpret it. And everyone has a different interpretation. So, um, yeah, it's understandable that that's one, one of the things that would be um, a bit of a soft topic with some <laughs> clients. <laughs> okay, so um, we've got about five minutes left or so a little bit more than that um so i'll just quickly go through this so the visual branding process creating a brief going through those concepts so as we've discussed you're putting together uh, a mood board or a stylescape whatever you want to call it you're presenting that to clients and then what you're doing is uh developing that and then uh actually providing the client with like a final product and and style guide i think for the last five minutes should we talk about that so so what would you actually give your client at the end of this process actually i think we we do almost the same as other design agencies as well so um maybe there is something uh, i i prefer that uh, every time even if we do a smaller scale project as well that uh, um a brand guide or a style guide should be present anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe if if you are, uh, maybe the client change an agency or or another designer, it's it's really, uh, it's a really good point if, if uh, the client can uh, give the new designer a, a full package of, of information and, and the style guide or brand guide can contain that information, what's needed for the further uh, design um of course 
this is something which is uh, which needs uh, work to be done but uh, but i think this is this is a professional way to hand over and also of course there there should be a package with all the visual as- assets yeah. as well and the style guide or brand guide contains all the branding strategy uh, information and also strategy what what are the important uh, communication verbal or visual communication uh, goals yeah. so i think these are really important uh, yeah it, it sounds like you're basically summarizing everything that's been discussed throughout the entire project everything that you've agreed and then you're presenting that in a nice document and uh if if there has been choices on color typography image style layout um basically anything i mean graph us graphic designers listening to this they they know what i mean all these different things that you've agreed to whatever scale you document all of that within that uh final thing and i i just want to ask you because this is one question that i always think of so when when you are a designer i've seen some graphic designers basically just do a logo pick out a color palette pick out fonts put it in a guideline document and, and give it to their client uh, but something i've always found is that you you can't really document anything until you've actually used it and and applied it and see how it could work so how i would approach it and be interesting to see if you do the same i would create everything first so i'd you know create the logo create the identity work out the image style layout all this sort of stuff through actually designing a brochure designing a website designing social media uh tiles all this sort of stuff basically everything that that would need doing and then the star guide documents the choices <laughs> and then that means that someone uh so if if you're going to give this to another agency they have the rules of of the identity so they know like the the style that should be applied would you do it in the same way or or do you sometimes make those choices and and document it prior to putting no. anything together no i agree with you totally that uh, you cannot uh, create rules which are not tried and tested so yeah. uh we i suggest in the book as well and normally we do it that way that uh often clients come us and ask for a, a identity book or identity manual and i say okay okay we can do it but what should we put there so the same same problem what you mm-hmm. uh, said that first chicken and egg situation yeah, <laughs> also in in ui project we need a design system okay we can give you a design system but before that we need to design all the pages or all the screens mm-hmm. needed and from that you can pick up the rules pick out the the different elements the same logic as in as in the identity manual so if there are some cases where uh, the project scope is, is smaller uh, then um, we usually do that way that uh, we give only mockups yeah. or put only mockups into the style guide and this is something which uh, helps to um, see how how the identity could evolve but but not not in a strict um ruled way it's yeah. just a visual visual yeah i i mean as a graphic designer I, I find that's the best way to have anything because then it doesn't limit creativity and ideas that i think are needed for 
you know, an identity to really uh, flourish. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think that's a good way to wrap up the interview. Like we've gone through the whole process. And I think if people want to learn more about this, your book, uh, Branding and the Visual Response is a, a fantastic uh, book for anyone that wants to learn more about the uh, branding process and, and how you um, approach uh, all of this from the strategy side of things to the idea generation through to the uh, developing the identity through to the final uh, thing. You've got some great resources in there that, that for clients uh, that graphic designers could also take and, and apply to their own processes and learnings. But uh, yeah, Peter, it's been fantastic to spend some time with you and, and to talk about this. Uh, I really appreciate all of the uh, valuable insights and I hope that the audience has as well. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, and I loved your questions. It was a pleasure to be here. So thank you again. Thank you so much to Peter for coming on the podcast. It was really good to chat with you. And thank you again for the copy of the book. Uh, If you want to learn more about Peter Share and buy a copy of that book for yourself, head to his website, book.brandguide.me. I'll link to that along with Peter's social profiles in the show notes for this episode, which you can find just by heading to logogeek.uk forward slash 133. And don't forget to check out the sponsor of this week's podcast, The Perfect Match, and start working on your moodboard design today for a chance to win $1,000. To find that and to enter, just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash play. So thank you so much for listening and I'll be back the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.